Welcome everyone to another episode of our podcast series, Public Sector Heroes. The goal of this series, as you know, is to introduce you to innovators, thought leaders, and experts who are truly driving impact and change across more than $12 trillion in spending across the, uh, across the world. Today, I'm excited to have Brian Chittister, head of worldwide industry strategy, public sector for open text here with me. He's actually, we're both on Zoom recording this and Brian is in Northern Virginia, I'm in Maryland. Hi, hi Brian. Hey Raj, thanks for having me today. Great, great to have you. Uh, open text, uh, if you don't know already, is a global leader in helping organizations manage information at scale. We know managing and sharing information is a huge challenge. Small organizations or for larger, especially for large organizations. Um, so Open Text, uh, of course, is offering an, a, a very much needed solution. Um, so Brian, I'll just jump into the conversation. Um, as we were just discussing prior to recording, you know, uh, I've been reading through some of your LinkedIn posts and I see them all the time and some other articles on Open Text. Uh, there are a lot of references to digital transformation, which, you know, of course, is huge uh, across public sector, whether it's in the U.S. or worldwide, and a huge imperative and priority, as it should be. Um, can you tell us what you mean by digital transformation and how open text helps governments with it? Really good question, Raj. And, and you're right, digital transformation is a really large focus for governments all over the world right now, and it has been um, over the, over the past decade, I would say, to me, it's, it's really getting down to the nuts and bolts of the differences between digital transformation and IT modernization. Both are buzzwords that you've heard, um, probably well overused even by myself. But when I look at IT modernization to start with, it really looks at the idea of new technology replacing old technology. And, and that's it. I use the analogy of a car sometimes to explain this. And you might have an old car, a 10-year-old car, and you need a new car. Mm -hmm. And to me, IT modernization is just saying, okay, let's get rid of this old car. Let's put a new car in here and then move on. Digital transformation to me is a next evolution in kind of government taking a look more strategically at the type of technology they, they need. And if we come back to that car analogy, now as I'm looking to replace this 10-year-old car, Let's look at my use cases. Am I somebody who needs a small car? Do I have a large family? Do I need a larger car? Do I need better gas mileage because I'm traveling long distances? Am I going up and down mountains? Do I need an SUV to haul things or a, a truck for a payload? And that's really where government procurement is kind of shifting to now, where they're being more strategic around the types of technology that they need. So when you look at those definitions, IT modernization, digital transformation, the way that OpenText is supporting that, and, and you really touched on it, at the heart of what we do is around information management, but mm -hmm. that's just the beginning. I mean, we have business units that support anything from uh, enterprise security, um, setting up zero trust environments and cloud disaster recovery, um, enterprise content management and application process management. We do uh, IoT and smart cities. Um, so we have a platform that kind of pulls in data from the different disparate sensors and processes it and provides real-time analytics uh, into digital experience and supply chain or supply chain management, so on and so forth. Really, the, the, there's not a conversation that OpenText isn't part of, but what I love about that is we can now align and support governments in a more strategic way, which is now 
thankfully, the way they're looking to procure solutions uh, to drive that value for themselves. That's great. That's great. And I like that you referenced uh, IT modernization as well, which has, you know, been around in kind of the government vernacular for a long time and the linkage to digital transformation. So you mentioned a number of things here that you're really addressing. Um, if you're a government leader who's looking to start kind of on the, on the journey or uh, thinking about practical, practical ways where you can really start to drive change, drive impact, what are some, what is some advice or could you talk about how you're helping in really getting to kind of practical solutions and impact without waiting for a year or some 18 month cycle? Yeah. So I actually get asked this a lot and my, my one word answer to that is really momentum. You want to start gaining momentum. Like, like you referenced in the question, governments now aren't looking to procure something and see value within a year or two years. That's not acceptable anymore, nor should it have ever been. So you want to gain momentum. And how do you gain momentum? It's those little wins those that help you pick up traction, whether it's the adoption of a certain technology internally, whether it's a line of business success that you have, whether it's in an HR function or a finance function, et cetera, start small, gain momentum, and look to kind of build out an ecosystem across a platform that can really scale and be flexible to your needs. But you don't have to get all of the value all at once. It, it can be incremental. And like I, like I said, just gain that momentum. And, and once you get running downhill, I think you're going to get more adoption internally and, and buy in from the top down, bottom up. And that's ultimately going to lead to uh, better strategic outcomes over the next three, five years. No, that's great. And I love the word momentum. Um, and I, I personally used to preach this when I was running a consulting firm and we were doing large change projects, right? It's the importance of little wins. Um, could you provide um, an example, like a real example from say a current client or a past client where you saw this in action? Yeah. I mean, with Open Text too, I mean, we work with some of the largest and smallest governments all over the world. We have some really really, I mean, I'm just going to use the word cool, some really cool use cases. I'm my background. I don't know if you know this, Raj, my background's in soccer. So I love, I love soccer. I played soccer growing up and open text has been the digital transformation hub for the whole government of Qatar as they're looking to digitally transform their whole of government approach to citizen service delivery in the lead up to the 2022 world cup. So those who don't follow, uh, soccer, uh, it, Qatar is hosting the World Cup in 2022. We're hoping to go, by the way. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. <laughs> so if everything's okay with COVID, we're uh, hopefully headed there. Yeah. Well, and, and th this is a perfect example, Raj. So you're going to be probably leveraging the systems that we've been putting in place for them to support the ingestion of tourism that they're going to be getting from a, an event that honestly, it, it rivals the Olympics, which are about to kick off now. Um, mm -hmm. it's one of the largest events in the world and, and Qatar is not a really massive country. So they needed that in infrastructure to support that ingestion. And it's been a really exciting project. And because they are a whole of government, there's, there's so many, um, there's so many line of business opportunities that we had to start with. And we worked with that, the, the department of tourism for them to really kind of build out a, a self-service por portal to get these services in a 24 seven deployment model. And that was just, that was just the first step and then kind of building out those different applications as we, as we move on. So it's, it's been an exciting journey with them 
and I'm really looking forward to being able to, uh, to look at and see how far they've come over the next couple of years. Cause even when the world cup leaves, um, we have some really big plans and they have some really big plans to, in terms of what to do, um, mm-hmm. moving forward. So, uh, really, really exciting opportunity, I think for open text and for, for them to become a best in class government globally. That's great. That's a great example. And it's going to benefit a very current, um, uh, I guess, tour and people all over the world. Yeah. Um, well, it, Raj, I'll say one of the things that's interesting too, we, we, as, as marketers and, and people who do business with the government, we, we tend to use different words when we're reaching out to them. And I think we forget sometimes that they, they being governments, they get competitive too. So when we're looking at reaching companies and saying, you can be, uh, you can beat your competition, um, you know what I mean? So, so to become better governments are getting very competitive with the, with the UN e-government index, and they all want to be yeah. in that top 10, top five e-governments, uh, and global best in class e-government. So I think one of the things I would say to those listening who, who are out there, I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate how much, how much competitive drive, especially on a global scale, um, is really one of the big drivers for for opportunities um, in in the next I, I would say five to ten years as as governments really hit a, a certain evolutionary point. That's great, and and I think those types of indices do help a lot because mm-hmm. I think and uh, I know I personally work with the World Bank on um, some of the public private partnerships, et cetera, and the index for that. And so that's great that, and you know, that there's a focus there. But even in the U S even in the U S with the federal, the federal department index, nobody wants to be last on that, on that rating. Right. <laughs> and everybody wants to be first. So I, I think it, it can be scaled up it can be scaled down, but at the end of the day, it's certainly a driver. Yeah. Well, although a lot of people will throw darts at that scorecard, but that's okay. <laughs> that's a separate conversation. We yeah. can critique that another time. <laughs> um, just another follow-up to that is, um, so that's, you know, the example uh, you just gave is great of a new initiative that uh, I think sets a really good um, uh, example for uh, providing impact um, on really at a global scale. Is there anything where I think, I think from a chain standpoint, I think one thing I know as a consultant, I saw I was doing a lot of organizational transformation and change. Um, when you have legacy and you have, you know, bureaucracy already built into kind of existing programs and everything, it's, it's a bit more challenging to say, okay, you know, how am I going to uproot all of this and go against existing norms and behaviors uh, that are very difficult to change? So do you have another example or advice on, you know, where, you know, we're trying to say drive transformation across an existing kind of archaic system or set of processes. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to my, my recommendation earlier, I think governments are looking to drive more strategic line of business change. And I think that can be a good point of entry into what the overall, uh, you, you mentioned that legacy system, what that overall legacy system is really falling short within. So I think that's one area and really speaking to the tech technical debt aspect that, those mm-hmm. systems really bring. Um, there's the 80-20 rule that I know we've all heard and we all reference where 80% of a, a given agency's budget is really going to operations and maintenance of a legacy yeah. system. And it's really making it difficult for them to innovate. So 
as governments look at these line of business changes, they're looking for platforms for innovation as well. Low code is one of the big, big drivers in government yeah. right now. Everybody's talking about that. Um, so that's just one of a myriad of different opportunities that I think you can really have a point of entry conversation with these, these folks and not expect something overnight, but it, it could be, it, it could be a long process, especially I, I mentioned this to people who maybe aren't as familiar with doing business with the government. It can be a long process. Um, I think one of the things I would say is understand that they're using taxpayer money. They're, they're going to be more risk averse because of it, but they're intelligent people in government. They understand exactly what the, where the value is. And ultimately I, I think it'll, it, it, there will look to drive that transformation. You know, just stay, stay the course in that regard. Great. Great. And, uh, and it does require some patience and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> if you work those, but, but, you know, uh, having said that, I think the impact as it happens is enormous as well. So. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, governments, not just in the U S but it's at a scale unlike a lot of other companies out there. And when you do make that impact, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty, it's a pretty cool feeling to know that you're driving that type of strategic change for not only, not only internal, but all the different external uh, citizens and constituents on behalf of that government. So um, it's definitely, definitely worth it for sure. Well, let me ask you about that. I was going to ask you this question actually later, but um, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask it since you just mentioned it. You know about the the scale of government and the ability to have this impact. Um, you know, I, as you know, government is trying to attract other emerging companies and everything from e-learning to um, drones. Uh, what advice do you have for uh, other companies, other entrepreneurs, emerging companies? Why, uh, you know, why they should be looking to work with government, and uh, what's the potential for them? I don't know if I have any any good words about why I think the opportunity is obvious. I mean, mm -hmm. public sector is really the industry of industries. They do everything. Um, I mean, it, within the public sector, you have financial services, you have life sciences, you have energy, you have all of these different industries on their own, all packaged into one. The opportunity is massive. And like, like we just touched on, the scale is huge. The, the thing that I probably would say is if you want to be successful in this market, and, and this, isn't a, this isn't an opinion, I think this is a fact, you can't just dip your toe in the water. Yeah. You, re you really have to jump in with both feet, embrace the market, and get intelligent on it really fast, um, and understand your personas to the point that you're becoming a Great true advice. partner, and you're not just, you don't want to sell at them. Nobody wants to be sold at. They want, to, they want a partner for somebody to come in and work with them to accomplish their goals, solve their challenges. And that is no different in the public sector. In fact, it's probably amplified. So if, if you want to be successful in this market, jump in with both feet and really embrace it. It's great advice. And I, I like to say, you know, when people tell me public sector is so difficult, I ask them, tell me about some market that's easy that I can go approach that, you know, where you can just make tons of money and exactly. you can just go in. There's no market. Well, right? what the funny, the funny thing is with public sector, they, it is difficult. I think the cycles kind of push people off, but if you think about it, they give you a roadmap to success. You know where the funding is, you know what they're spending yeah. it on. So yeah. you can really align your opportunities um, strategically. And there's not a lot of other industries that do that. You might have companies that come to you. You might do cold calling or reach out to them. But in government, they literally give you a strategic roadmap in terms of where they want to go in the next year, two years, five years. 
and how they want to get there. And you have to do, just do the work and figure out how you align your messages to help them solve those challenges. But yeah. they really give you the keys to the car right there. Great. No, that's a great point. I never thought about it that way. But let me come back then. That's great advice. And, and for those of you listening, you know, uh, I always, uh, that's one of, part of our mission uh, at Public Spend Forum of open government markets is really to shine a light on all the opportunities and also make it easier, lower barriers for smaller companies who can help with all these really important and critical missions. So thank you. Uh, I want to just, uh, you know, I'll come back to a question I was going to ask earlier. Uh, which is around, I just saw a Forrester report um, on, uh, you know, the Forrester wave chart, I think they do, um, where uh, it's on content management tools and uh, open text is right up there uh, with Microsoft as industry leaders. So congratulations on that. Um, can you talk a little bit about your content management solutions and 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 what's unique and and how you can help? Because I, I I'm more interested in this answer because it's something I think about all the time, and I know we're helping others think about. Um, and it's such a big challenge, and content is so critical uh, in today's world. Um, so yeah, could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I mentioned all the different business units that Open Text has, and to me at the heart of all of those is really the content. It's that information. Mm -hmm. And it's turning that information into actionable insights. Really, when you, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of our content management system, what, what some people might not know is there are a lot of different compliance measures around content in government and in, in certain industries as well, especially healthcare, for example. Um, so what our solution does is allow government to uh, remain compliant around the way they store their data, the, the way they kind of archive their data, et cetera. But really it, it's taking more of a strategic look at the hygiene of the data. So records management, for example, when we look at information governance and, and information being at the heart of it, a, a, program, a program that really enables the data hygiene that's being leveraged across that entire ecosystem becomes incredibly foundational to any type of, of strategic measures you're going to do. If you can't rely on the data and the content that you have, then ultimately any decisions you make that you derive from it, any type of strategic motions you have are just impossible or they're pushing you in the wrong direction. So um, we really help organizations keep that data hygiene, that information governance program and government organizations to remain compliant um, in, a, in a highly accountable and, and transparency driven industry. But there's a, I talked about line of business use cases. There's so many different use cases because there's so many different types of content. I think that's the other thing is you have structured content, you have unstructured content, which if, if those who are listening may not know the difference, structured content is the one that it's, it's very easy to maneuver and, and push into systems and get outcomes. Unstructured would be um, images without metadata or uh, text messages, PDFs without any type of metadata, et cetera, things, things that are hard to pull, pull insights out of. Um, so you have all of that plus interactive content or videos, photos, uh, podcasts, audio files, all of that type of stuff. So you need a, you need a compliant repository to do that, but there's so many use cases now we're working right now with, um, different higher education, athletic departments on, on supporting them through the licensing 
and, mm-hmm. and rights management for the new NCAA ruling um, for student athletes to be able to profit on their likeness. But how do they manage that likeness? How do they, how do they know what money would go to an athlete based on what picture? How do you know what people are in each picture? Because there's faces all over these photos. All this stuff has to be managed. And through, through this content management piece, through AI, through process automation, we're able to drive a lot of this value for organizations. Wow, that's fascinating. And uh, I'm, I'm a data and a content geek, so uh, <laughs> I will have to do a separate discussion on this and go deeper on this. But, but uh, I think just hearing all the use cases and applications, um, hopefully, will, you know, gives people a sense of um, how, well, one, the myriad of challenges, as you just posed on kind of content management, and then, you know, what you can do about it. And, and technology has definitely come a long way there. It definitely has. I, I mean, just the ability to think about an archive as, as somewhere that can really derive insights. Governments have long been, what I've said, have been custodians of data. It's just been sitting there. Mm-hmm. And now as they've been shifting in from being more reactive to proactive entities, they have such a wealth of information um, that, they can, that they can bring to bear at their fingertips to make these um, more insightful decisions and, and make more personalized experiences. And I think that the next few years as they, as they leverage technology to do that, it's going to be pretty exciting for sure. Great. Well, Brian, thank you so much. And thanks for all the work you do. I love your uh, uh, LinkedIn posts and those who are not following Brian and open text, please do. There's uh, always valuable content that you're sharing. We're talking about content. So, uh, and, and, uh, and I look forward to seeing you for a glass of wine as we were discussing earlier in Virginia. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I really appreciate being on and, and looking forward to meeting up soon. Great. Thank you so much. And, uh, and everyone will have this uh, up on our uh, site as well with other resources. So please check it out. Thank you.